It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. It may not make a lot of sense to say after such a tumultuous offseason, but I think there are a lot of reasons why Kentucky basketball deserves your attention heading into the season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be giving you reasons why you should be paying attention to Kentucky basketball this season. The Athletic recently put out an article discussing a lot of different things about college basketball this upcoming season, but a question was asked in the article, who's a team that you will be keeping an eye on this season? Dana O'Neill, writer for The Athletic, explained why she thinks the Wildcats should be the team to watch, and we are going to give you our thoughts on today's show as well. Uh, including that conversation, we're also going to be taking a look at the bracketology update from Joe Lenardi and ESPN. This happened mid-September uh, here. Going to kind of give you an idea as to where the Wildcats are currently projected to fall heading into the season. I don't really think a whole lot's going to change here before, b- between now and uh, the season opener against New Mexico State. So uh, I'm not sold with where Lenardi has the Wildcats, but we will just have to wait and see what happens. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you subbed there as well. Kentucky basketball deserves your attention heading into the season. Now, it may sound weird to say, considering just how dramatic and tumultuous this offseason has been for John Calipari and the Wildcats, but I I want to take a dive into uh, three reasons today as to why I believe that Coach Cal and UK are worthy of paying significant attention to this upcoming season. Like I mentioned a second ago, Dana O'Neill of The Athletic in a piece that was written just a uh, just a, a day, or actually, no, it was written earlier today. Uh, it was final four picks, teams, and players to watch as college basketball practice begins. This was written by Dana O'Neill and Brian Hamilton. They talked about, obviously, their final four picks for this upcoming season, talked about different experienced teams across college basketball. Texas A&M was a big topic of conversation in this article that I well, was not necessarily surprised to see, but, you know, as we continue to wade closer and closer to the start of the year, a lot of people are really uh, getting hyped up about this Aggie squad. So uh, SEC, I think, is going to be really strong this upcoming year. Michigan State, a team that was uh, really 
uh, prevalent in this article as well. Two good basketball teams that I think will probably stay ranked around the top 15, top 10 throughout the majority of the year. So uh, Kentucky being included in this list as a, as a team to potentially be paying attention to, uh, I think it's very interesting. So Brian Hamilton said MSU was the team to be paying attention to this season. Dana O'Neill says that the Wildcats are the team to take a look at. And here's what she had to say in the article. Again, you can go find this over on The Athletic. It's free uh, for anybody that wants to go check it out. She said, quote, I think there are a lot of really interesting teams heading into this season, but I'm going with Kentucky. The seat isn't necessarily hot under John Calipari, but it's not comfortable. The last few years have not been up to the Wildcats standard, and this team is immensely talented, but pretty young. Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell offer some experience, but Kentucky's success or failure is going to be largely decided by DJ Wagner and company. And in recent years, freshmen have not been the secret to winning in March. These freshmen are not your typical freshmen, but will it work, especially under the lights of a very anxious Big Blue Nation? I completely agree with everything that O'Neill said there about the Wildcats this season. You've got a lot of talent. You've got a lot of reasons to pay attention to this coaching staff and John, uh, and John Calipari, and you've got reason to pay attention to how they operate in the postseason. Now, I, I don't want to focus necessarily a ton on postseason uh, during our conversation here today because I think I've made it pretty clear through various episodes throughout this offseason that I think Kentucky is going to have a very good regular season. I think they are going to find success in the regular season throughout their non-conference slate and during their SEC slate. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think the, one of the things that I said coming out of the Kansas State game, looking at this roster, which was really, really different than what it looks like right now, at least in terms of how certain we were certain players were going to return or not, I, I think one of the things that I said coming out of that loss was this next year's upcoming team it's going to be a highlight reel. They're going to have a lot of flashy, fun players that we're going to really enjoy seeing. That does not necessarily equate to postseason success, and we've gotten to see time and time and time again over the past decade or so whenever Kentucky or other teams across the country have had really talented young squads, they failed to really do anything from March to April. They've not been able to really close uh, close things out as much as or as consistently as some older, more experienced, more well-rounded teams have. So you look at this upcoming season, and I think the first thing that we need to talk about with Kentucky basketball as to why they should be paid attention to, why you should be paying attention to them, is because of their head coach, John Calipari. I think this is an important year for him. O'Neill mentioned it as well. It's not necessarily a hot seat year for Coach Cal because I would find it very difficult to imagine UK firing him at this point. I think he's probably going to ride out the rest of his career here with the Wildcats. At least one would expect him to. But because of the past several seasons being as disappointing as they have been in March, or, you know, occasionally being really disappointing in the regular season, whenever you go and look at that 9-16 and 16 year in 2021, that COVID year, you start to, I think, with a fan base like Kentucky's that has these expectations, rightfully so, for UK to consistently compete with the best of the best in recruiting, in the postseason, during the regular season. The fact that Cal has not been able to not just, you know, do something that would be Final Four or Elite Eight worthy, that would be that would maybe kind of like, you know, fan the flames a little bit. 
you've not seen Kentucky really do much of anything at all in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you look uh, here in these past couple of seasons, you lost in the round of 32 this past year to Kansas State. You lost in the in the opening round against St. Peter's the year prior to that. The year before that, you didn't even make the postseason because you were so bad. The year before that, uh, you finished fourth in the, uh, I believe, in the AP poll. You didn't have an opportunity to do anything because of the COVID year. The year before that, you made the Elite Eight. And then the year before that, you made the Sweet 16. This has um, been a really weird stretch after Cal started his Kentucky career going, let's see here. Let's see. Elite Eight, Final Four championship. Did not make the tournament. Second, or runner-up, Final Four, round of 32, Elite Eight. Pretty pretty good success there to start his career. And since then, it's just been disappointing. Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Didn't go. Didn't go. First round, second round. You're going to have to see Kentucky make a push here, and it starts and ends with coaching. We've talked before on the show. We've been I've been doing this for two years now. We, we've talked before on the show about the need to kind of revitalize what Kentucky's philosophy is, I think particularly on the offensive end of the floor. And there are some people out there that are, I think, are over overly critical one way or another. Um, some people may out there say, well, who did, what does it matter if he's running this archaic system? Um, and it's and it's it's this old uh, old timey, you know, you know, not necessarily efficient way of playing basketball. Um, you know, who cares if he's got the talent to go out there and actually execute? And then there are some people that will say, this is absolutely horrid. You should change. Kentucky should change this immediately. They should immediately go to a four four out one in type of five out type of offense where you you kind of pace yourself, space everybody out, um, run and jack up threes. You know that's what scores points nowadays. Some people will say stuff like that. Um, I've kind of continued to hammer down the fact that okay, the mid range is really not the most efficient thing that Kentucky can be doing. If they have the personnel to run it and that's what they feel comfortable doing, that's okay but they've proven time and time again in every regular season contest where they've really struggled offensively. It's been because of the fact that they have bad shot selection. And so I've really wanted to see Kentucky kind of take uh, a step away from that. And I'm not saying completely get rid of it, like go full Alabama or Golden State on on you. Um, But what I'm sitting here saying is it needs to be different. And I think that it's going to be different. With some new staff additions this year, with John Calipari showing during the Global Jam that they, with their new personnel, feel comfortable doing some more modern-looking things, I hope that things are starting to take a direction, uh, a different direction underneath this coaching staff, underneath, underneath Coach Cal, because at this point it feels like they have to. It feels like Kentucky's got to make a move here with Coach Cal this season, and a lot of it's going to be defined by how he handles these guys in March. A lot of it's going to be defined by that. So that's the first reason why I think you should be paying attention to, to Kentucky this season. It's Coach Cal. How does he handle this year overall? What do they do in the postseason? I'm really intrigued to see how Kentucky handles the non-con slate here early because you've got some really, I think, difficult matchups. Kansas, Miami, North Carolina. I think that Louisville's going to be an improved team to watch. It's going to be tough. And Cal needs to show up. He needs to show up and get these wins. You have to do something this year. You have to make a move, I think. I think it's a very important year for you for UK. 
Okay, I want to get to a couple of more reasons why I think you need to be paying attention to Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. There's a really big game in college football going on this weekend. Kentucky at home hosting the Florida Gators, the ranked Florida Gators. Uh, they are. And you may be looking for tickets here. You may be scrambling to find some last-minute tickets, and you may be stressed out about getting some seats, uh, whether they be good seats or even just good-priced uh, or well-priced. Uh, you may be kind of worried here, but I would like to, to direct you to Game Time. It's the perfect place to go when you're trying to buy tickets for your next big event. They are the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sporting events, music events, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see this, the view uh, from your seat where you want to buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees on top of that. I'm very appreciative of that, having used Game Time a couple of times already myself for different events. Again, last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals, Really easy to find all kinds of tickets for different events in your area, not just for football games, but hey, if you're looking for tickets to Florida and Kentucky this weekend, would strongly encourage you to head over to Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you can head over to Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code Locked on college, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for $20 off. You can download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you have not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast as well, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, wherever you are tuned in, please go ahead and sub. Got some great basketball content as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the season. Very excited about it. Very excited about it. Okay. All right. We've got two more reasons why you should be paying attention to Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. Now, I think the second reason is something that O'Neill highlighted in her breakdown of why she will be paying attention to the Wildcats. Kentucky's, I'll read the quote here. Kentucky's success or failure is going to be largely decided by DJ Wagner and company. And in recent years, freshmen have not been the secret to winning in March. These freshmen are not your typical freshmen. That is a section of the quote there from the piece on The Athletic. And I completely agree with O'Neill. This is a very special bunch. That is my second reason why you should pay attention to Kentucky basketball this year. I think that it'll be interesting to follow the storyline surrounding John Calipari towards the end of his career as a Hall of Fame basketball coach. What does he do as a final hurrah here, essentially over these final five to ten years, I would assume? 
this is being uh, this being a very pivotal year, I think, defining how this this tenure ends. And then also, you have to look across this roster and be excited about the talent that you've got. I, I think that far too often as fans across various sports, not just college basketball, football, baseball, NFL, I think you can get a little too wrapped up in your head about how talented you are. You can start to sell yourself, I think, a little bit too much on certain players. You can start to get overhyped about how good your offense or your defense is going to be, how talented your athletes are, how special the names are that you've brought in, when in reality you may not necessarily be good in certain areas. Maybe you're not as good in your front court as you anticipate. Maybe your backcourt shoots a little bit worse than you expected, and so therefore it kind of bogs down the offense. Maybe the pace isn't as fast as you would have hoped it had been, and it would have helped expose different matchups in uh, across different games in your league. Maybe things just didn't work out with the coaching staff. But, I mean, you look at this Kentucky roster, and we got to see most of them play during the Global Jam. Because we got to see that, I think you have to have excitement. You have to have hype surrounding names, such as DJ Wagner, such as Reed Shepard, who really came along and impressed. Justin Edwards, who started the uh, the Global Jam off slow on the offensive end of the floor, but was able to really pick things up. Trey Mitchell slotted right in and looked great with Kentucky really looked like they've got a lot of chemistry there and felt comfortable in that system playing the four or the five for UK. That's the transfer from West Virginia there. You've got Antonio Reeves, who looks like uh, he's stepping up, man. He is. Uh, he, he looks like a very confident player out there. And uh, if he's able to develop into one of the senior leaders of this team, not just a leader from a statistical standpoint, but a leader from a communication standpoint, from a verbal standpoint, from an actions standpoint, standpoint, then I think you're really going to see the rest of this team flourish alongside him. You've got scores. You've got shooters. I think that DJ Wagner, Antonio Reeves are going to statistically shoot well for you this season. I would be very surprised if they took a step back. DJ Wagner, I think, is going to be very refreshing to watch at point guard. We talked about the calmness. We talked about the poise. We talked about the execution during the round robin in Canada, how he executed in those late moments against opponents where you had to really take a step back and, and really appreciate the, the teams that Kentucky was playing and say, okay, these guys are actually pretty good. They're not just the no-name teams that you got to see in the Bahamas a season ago. These are legitimate teams from across the country, and Kentucky was handling them. DJ Wagner was stepping up when he needed to, getting buckets when he needed to. You look up and down this roster and you have to feel really good about the players that we've gotten to see thus far. I think that it's concerning that we have not gotten an opportunity to see Aaron Bradshaw or Uganda Onyenso. I think a massive question that we're going to have answered this year is how much does Onyenso step up this year? How much does he provide? How much rim protection does he provide relative to, to Kentucky's poor statistical performances a season ago. How much does he change things there? If he doesn't, Kentucky may still have some issues on the defensive end, and that may be a, a storyline. We say at the end of March next year, if Kentucky makes the postseason, we can sit here and say the team defense was probably the biggest killer of the Wildcats this year, and they just did not have it. They had some really talented individuals and guys that could score, but they didn't really have it on the defensive end, and it showed. 
I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case for players like Onyenzo. I think Kentucky, at the very least, will be fine on the defensive end. I don't know if they'll necessarily be elite. Uh, be elite. I think they'll be better than they were a season ago. I think guys like Bradshaw, guys like uh, guys like Onyenzo, with their height and their added physicality, I think they're going to be able to do things that UK couldn't do with their roster a season ago. So again, it, it's 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 about kind of being realistic about what your team could be, I think is very important and kind of like taking a step back and not getting too much, not drinking too much Kool-Aid here. But if we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, Wagner's going to be a good player. Justin Edwards is going to be a really good player. Antonio Reeves is going to be a really good scorer. Reed Shepard, I think is going to have opportunities to do some really good glue guy type of things. The arrow is another glue guy. That's going to be a tank physically for Kentucky. Is he going to be able to score? Probably not. Is he going to be able to rebound? Yes. Is he going to be able to play defense? Also, yes. There are pieces here, and they deserve to be watched. Again, like I said earlier, Kentucky's going to be a highlight reel. Now, whether or not that produces victories against opponents that they need to beat, that's the question. But they're going to be a highlight reel. You have to be happy about this roster. And then the final thing I want to to get to here, and you talk about having fun. You talk about enjoying the team that you're watching. Something that I think that Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports says really, really well is whenever he talks about coaching and execution and about what these spo- what sports is about. He's, he likes to say that he's talked to coaches and asked them, you know, what business are you in? And people or coaches will tell him, I'm in the coaching business. And Josh will say, no, you're in the entertainment business. You're here to entertain. Nobody's coming to watch you because you can tell me about if we're going to go football here about your hybrid four, two, five and the difference between a tight and a bare front and how you can shade different things uh, across the defensive line and how bringing extra pressure allows you to do certain things that nobody, nobody's coming to, or almost nobody's coming to listen to that. They want to see you produce. They want to see you get sacks. They want to see you score touchdowns. They want to see you win games. And so when you look at a team like Kentucky, you're going to see them be flashy. And a season ago, I think they really struggled in one area that kind of would have made them more entertaining to watch. And it's not all about having like watch having fun watching your team. I mean, that's a great deal of it if you're a fan. But here I think it's important to note Kentucky basketball's offense last year was not that great. It was not that great. If you go and look at Kim Palm, and which is my favorite place to go whenever you go to break down college basketball statistics, Kentucky, according to Kim Palm, they had the 17th best offense in the country last year and in terms of adjusted offensive efficiency. And that's great. You go and look at Kentucky's overall points per game. They averaged 75 points per contest. They shot 35% from three. They shot 46% overall from the floor. Those are not particularly terrible numbers. But I want to take a step back here and compare it to, to teams of the past for UK. If you look at John Calipari's tenure with the Wildcats, you'll notice... Something that I think uh, is really telling uh, of these past couple of seasons with, with UK. We talk about adjusted offensive efficiency, but a number that we don't talk about, I think, nearly as often on the show is effective field goal percentage. And you may ask here, okay, well, what is effective field goal percentage? And I will read the quote from Wikipedia. In basketball, effective field goal percentage, abbreviated EFG percentage, is a statistic that adjusts field goal percentage to account for the fact that three-point field goals count for three points, while field goals only count for two points. Its goal is to show what field goal percentage a two-point shooter would have to shoot 
to match the output of a shooter who also shoots three points or three pointers. And to give you a brief explanation as to how it's calculated, it is 0.5 times three pointers made plus field goals divided by field goal attempts. That's an effective field goal percentage. And Kim Palm has the number here for you. 50.6%. That was Kentucky's effective field goal percentage a year ago. That was 178th nationally. There are 363 Division I teams in college basketball, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they've added some this year. They may have, and I'm just not aware of it. But 363 teams, you can see that somewhere about average in the country, that effective field goal percentage. It may shock you to know that that percentage is actually the second worst of John Calipari's tenure with, with the Wildcats. The, sec- the, the, the worst was in 2021 when Kentucky went 9-16. They couldn't shoot. They could not shoot. What made Kentucky's offense good last year was their ability to rebound the basketball. They were first in the nation in offensive rebound percentage. That's what allowed this team to become a little bit more, I think, efficient whenever it comes to adjusted O. And then you look across the board here. You look down effective field goal percentage, and then you look down adjusted offensive efficiency. That number 17, I mean, you're looking at years prior. You've got the fifth best offense in the country, the 14th, 12th, the 5th, the 6th, the 14th, the 2nd, the 8th, the 27th. You were seeing across the board Kentucky consistently having better offenses than they did a season ago. So while some people may sit here and tell you, well, the offense was, you know, it was, it was good last year, but it was the defense that really was concerning. You're right. The defense was not good last year for UK. It, it, it wasn't. It just simp- it, it simply wasn't. But I think we do need to also acknowledge and accept the fact that Kentucky's offense last year could rebound the basketball whenever they missed shots, and it gave them more opportunities to score. But overall, they didn't really have good shooters, and they didn't really have a lot of pace also. They were 256th nationally in adjusted tempo. Cal's not normally had really fast squads. Whenever he's had really fast squads, though, they've gone 32-6 and and 35-3. and This year's, this year's team I think is going to run a little bit. They're not going to run, I think, as much as maybe that 2017 squad, but they're going to run, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching them. So to recap, the three reasons why I think you need to watch Kentucky basketball this season. It's an important year for John Calipari. We've got to see him make moves here, especially in the postseason. This is a really special bunch. I think Kentucky's got a lot of talent up and down their roster, and while some people may get overhyped, I think it is very fair to say Kentucky's got some really good players, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch gel this season, or at least at the very least, individually, they will be fun to watch. And then the final reason, I think Kentucky's going to score. I think they're going to score points. And everybody loves to watch teams score points, unless you're Iowa. So I I think that those are the reasons why I'm excited about Kentucky basketball, and that's why you should pay attention to them this upcoming season. If you have any thoughts on Kentucky basketball and why we should be paying attention to them this year, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I want to give you a bracketology update real quick. I want to give you an update on where Joe Lenardi and ESPN have the Wildcats before we start the season. Before I dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at DoorDash. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? Well, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week with last orders or last minute orders and get your cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver to your restaurant your restaurant favorites, favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order from DoorDash. 
You'll get exactly what you ordered or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save all uh, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with DashPass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. You can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $20, no min subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that is code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, wrapping up the one, the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. One more time, if you've not subbed on YouTube, if you've not subbed on the podcast feed, please go ahead and do so. We're getting closer and closer to the season. going to have at some point here in the next few weeks uh, practice notes, practice tidbits for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You should sub as we get closer and closer. There was a bracketology update about a week or so ago from Joe Lenardi of ESPN. We've kind of dogged ESPN's bracketology in the past. And I felt like, you know, why not? Let's do it again today. Let's do it one more time. So if you go and look at the ESPN bracketology right now, again, it's preseason. So this is preseason. Not a whole lot to really to really understand or know about these teams before they actually start playing basketball. For instance, I guarantee you there's going to be a team in the top 10 here that just absolutely bottoms out at the beginning of the season. That is just flat lines. You're going to see a team do that. You're going to see a few teams in the top 25 just completely just wet the bed. But I think that it is worth paying attention to, you know, who are some of the teams that we should be looking at heading into this year? If you look at this bracketology, and apparently uh, Kentucky is not necessarily one of them. According to this latest bracketology from ESPN, UK is a six seed in the West division of the bracket. Now, it doesn't really matter where if Kentucky was in the West, the East, the Midwest, or the South. It really doesn't matter what division they would be in. The point is that Joe Lenardi thinks Kentucky, heading into this year, is a sixth seed. The preseason ESPN, way too early top 25, whatever you want to call it, the, the way too early top 25 for basketball, I think was just updated a few days ago. We did an episode on it. Kentucky's number 17. I think they should be a little bit higher, but who cares? It's preseason. UK here being a sixth seed, though, heading into this, into this year, just to give you an idea, that puts them on par with a team like St. Mary's, a team like UCLA, a team like USC, uh, who we're, we're going to find out a lot about here uh, during their non-con slate with their young players. Very talented team, USC is. Uh, you, it also puts you on uh, on par with a team like if you're looking at the seven seeds, TCU, Memphis, Auburn, Wisconsin, and if you look at the five seeds, Baylor, Alabama, then you've got Illinois and Villanova. So Kentucky ho- hovering around an area where you've got some Pretty good basketball teams, but not necessarily elite ones. I I, I talked about this um, 
as we got closer to seeding earlier this year, and I'll probably emphasize this again, I mean, if you're a six seed, it, it truly just does rely you, your your path to success does just truly rely on your matchups it's not necessarily like oh well, you can get excited about like maybe getting an upset here or there it's just like it truly does matter it's like is your division weak if it is you have a chance Kentucky had a chance last year to beat Kansas State and move to the Sweet 16 and then who knows what could have happened after that uh but but history shows six seeds don't really get very far uh, almost ever uh, so this would not be a great spot, I think, upon reflection, upon seeing it uh, for the for the Wildcats to be in. They'd play a team like, I don't know, Dayton, Kansas State, actually, uh, is projected 11 seed, Providence. Uh, you could also see them play Virginia, St. John. Oh, I would not want to play Virginia in the first round as a 6-11 matchup. That's evil. That's just wrong. That's, a, that's, that's brutal. Uh, but Kentucky, I think, deserves to be higher here. I think they do. I think they need, I think they deserve to be five uh, or a five seed or higher. I think Kentucky basketball is going to find success in the SEC. They're going to pick up more quality wins than they did, than they did a season ago, and it's going to boost the resume. You look at this non-con slate, too, by the way. We've, we've talked a lot about this non-con slate. To go over it again, Gonzaga, North Carolina, you're going to play teams like Miami. You're going to play teams like Kansas. If you're able to get some quality wins there, unlike you were a season ago, I mean, you're, you're going to be seated higher. You're just going to be, even if you're even if you have double digit losses on your record, you're still going to be seated higher because of how good your your resume is against some of these better teams. So I think Kentucky has the opportunities, will take advantage of them, and will find themselves seated higher at the beginning of the postseason. At this beginning of the preseason, though, I think just projecting out in terms of talent roster and in terms of what they could do in their own conference, I'm a little bit higher on the Wildcats than maybe some other outlets are, and clearly ESPN's not that high. So if you've got any thoughts on the way-too-early top 25 or the bracketology here from ESPN, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast any questions comments concerns leave them in the youtube comments below hit me on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky hope you guys have a great rest of your day and god bless hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.